Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, our first event of the evening is a one-call match with a 15-minute time limit. There ain't nobody. There ain't nobody in wrestling who can make me quit. And that's the bottom line. Stone Cold said so. Tuesday. We are what wrestling's all about. New York City here. Chicago here. Jamie on my left. Linda on my right. But I'm not telling any of the girls who I'm going to give it to in Chicago until that night. Tuesday, wrestling. Tuesday returns to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Happy 4th of July to you and your family. Hope that you have a great Independence Day holiday. Jonathan Hood with you every Tuesday after SmackDown Live. We do Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday as we take a look at the sport of pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. We're going to hear from Casey Joyner from ESPN.com. Does a great job on the WWE page on ESPN.com. I got your mailbag right here, your questions, and I will answer them from Facebook, Facebook.com, Jonathan Hood. Let me go through a few of them here before we hear from Casey Joyner. We turn to Danny, who checked in. He asked a question. He says, just curious of your opinion of guys and gals on the mic. I think the promo work of today's stars is lacking. Well, the promo uh, of today's stars is all the same when it comes to WWE. They have the entire same style as everyone else, and it is stale. I think that if you're trying to sell me on an event, if you're trying to tell me I need to come to the arena to see you or I need to come watch you on the WWE Network, you need to look me in the eye because that's how pro wrestling promos slash interviews were in the past, Danny, uh, Donnie. So I just don't understand why all the interviews are the same. They look up in the sky, they look on the floor, they look at the, the interviewer, they look around, but they never look into the camera and tell you the reason why I need you to support me or the reason why I need you to hate me is because of this. Because they have it all scripted out and it's all the same. And it's just all of it's vanilla ice cream. If you like vanilla, that's great. But if you like other flavors, this is what it is. Brendan says, only if Lesnar was a full-time wrestler. He says, Raw would be so much more entertaining and having Paul Heyman on every Monday night would be great. Wishful thinking here. There's no doubt. You, if you, The Universal Champion on the main show, the heavyweight champion, should be on the show more often. For him to not be around is kind of strange. I think the number one contender or the Intercontinental Champion, uh, that has to be the main title because the Universal Champion is never around. That's why I appreciate the Dolph Ziggler versus um, the Dolph Ziggler matchup. Uh, uh, you know, in his in his particular matchup that he had, I really enjoyed that because Dolph Ziggler as the Intercontinental Champion is a lot of fun to watch. Watching him against Seth Rollins is fun. They're gonna have a 30-minute Iron Man match uh, at Extreme Rules. That's gonna be great. So. There's no doubt about that. That's a couple of questions from Facebook. Uh, Ted says, with CM Punk having no future in the Octagon, uh, especially with his last fight being hard to watch, will be will there be an opportunity for him to return to the squared circle? I think so. If he decided he wanted to do that, uh, I don't know if he'll be in the WWE, but definitely in a Ring of Honor or New Japan. If he wanted to come back, he could. He said he was done with wrestling. I don't believe that. I think that he can come back 
either as a talent or behind the scenes. I think CM Punk, especially when he was working the indies, was very instrumental and very smart when it came to professional wrestling and working out storylines. And so if he didn't want to be in the ring, he definitely could be someone that could help others uh, in the business. So there you go. There's some of the questions from the mailbag off of Facebook, facebook.com for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We turn now to a man who covers professional wrestling slash sports entertainment for ESPN.com. It is Casey Joyner. He joins me here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Casey, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Hey, great to be here. Foremost, let's talk about your column from ESPN.com. We put a link out there on my Twitter page, twitter.com, tweet Jay Hood, regarding Gerald Briscoe uh, and Jacob Casper. Uh, it's great that you were able to have a conversation with Gerald Briscoe, as, we, as you and I know, as a great wrestler for his day. He and his brother were terrific. And for him to be a talent scout, um, kind of looking for an eye for talent, Talk, could you tell us a little bit about Jacob Casper and his relationship with Joe Briscoe? Because Briscoe looks like he's found another one. He has. Looks like he's found another one. Um, uh, Gerald Briscoe, yeah, I do some radio in Tampa, and he lives down in Tampa, and he heard me. And I was talking about uh, professional wrestling at times. We, we did we do a fantasy football segment. We talk about wrestling occasionally. So he got in contact with me when uh, WrestleMania was here in Orlando and asked me to come up and just stop by and see him. So we had like, an hour conversation on WrestleMania Sunday. And a couple months later, uh, a few months later, he mentioned that he was you know, looking at this guy called Jacob Casper. And Jacob Casper is now a two-time All-American amateur wrestler from Duke. And if you, if anybody wants to Google Jacob Casper, you can see some of the stuff in the article. You can read a lot about it in the article. And but if you go Google Jacob Casper, he looks like another Kurt Angle. He looks like he he has that sort of. Uh, that look to him. He's very flashy dresser. He wears lots of different pairs of shoes. Great wrestler. Uh, a, a, strong, a very uh, strong working man. Uh, he's also battled Crohn's disease and has overcome that. So between all of these elements that he has, he's just a natural promo guy. He's a fantastic athletic talent. He's got a ton of drive. He's so talented. I mean, I'll put this way. He's so talented that in addition to being a two-time uh, All-American amateur wrestler. He's training right now with Daniel Cormier. Cormier's uh, using him as a wrestling trainer to uh, get ready for his battles in, in UFC. He's also placed fifth in the Olympic trials, and he's going to try out for the Olympic trials again uh, in, a, in, in next year. So Jacob Casper has got a, a ton of talent, and uh, Jerry was able to find him and maybe get him to go to the WWE as a big find on his part. Casey, I guess in if you are um, Gerald Briscoe, your pitch is, you know, after the amateurs – where else are you going to go? Are you going to do MMA? Are you going to be a boxer? Or why don't you just come to sports entertainment? I guess he could just throw that out there as a, as options because after you are done with your amateur career, outside of coaching the amateurs, I'm not sure exactly what else you do, right? I spent a lot of time talking to Gerald about that, and he said basically, and I, I actually have heard he's talked to Jacob about this, and I saw him uh, pitch uh, this to another person. We're up in Cleveland for um the uh, the NCAA championships, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going up there, and you know, I was able to, to trail to trail Jerry around and talk to Jacob and such. And while we're up there, though, we're at this function. It's one of those uh, you know, wrestling get-togethers, and a bunch of people from across the country are there because it's a game of collection of amateur wrestlers. And this uh, this twenty-something woman comes by the table, just uh, going from table to table, just saying hi to people and things. And uh, you know, she had an Oklahoma shirt on, so I'm joking with her that hey, you know, Jerry's an Oklahoma State guy, she's an Oklahoma guy. And I said, you're talking to a legend here. But when Jerry found out that she was an amateur wrestler 
and she was uh, and she was going for a state championship and wanted to get in, you know, win and uh, compete for a national title and all these things. Even though he wanted her for the WWE and gave her his card and said, "Look, we'd love to have you come down for a trial," he told her, "If you've got uh, goals at the amateur level, if you've got competitive goals, go do them first. Because he doesn't want people coming to the WWE if they've got these these amateur goals, they've got these competitive goals. He figure go do them now while you can. Because if you're Jacob Casper, you can't." You go to WWE, you can't go back in 2024 and go for the Olympics. You'd have to put your career back on hold. So they really want them to have their competitive fires uh, quenched before they start coming into WWE. They want to come in early, but they really want to get that uh, all those elements out of the way so they can concentrate completely on the WWE. Casey, thank goodness that Gerald Briscoe has him in this generation. Like maybe 30, 40 years ago, he's probably in the snake pit with uh, Eddie Graham in Tampa, <laughs> and his leg is broken. <laughs> Bob Roop is snapping his arm someplace in the snake pit. Thank goodness it's 2018, right? It is, thank goodness. And he was able to, to, to get Jacob to come down. Jacob's actually on the West Coast, like I said, training with Cormier. And the WWE's tryouts, they have an annual tryout at NXT, and it's like a three-day process, and they have him come down there and things. And Jacob uh, left, you know, left the training camp with Cormier, came down here, and, and went down there and had, and had his day over there, and they got to see me, got to talk to the trainers and things, got to talk to the, the people there and get to see the uh, the NXT facility. So to be to familiarize himself with it, um, I, he, he will go in that direction. But, yeah, it is great that this is that's where we're at today, that you don't have to go through and, and, and work with some with some uh, some shooters and some hookers and people who might hurt you and see if you're, you have the drive to get in the industry. Because, frankly, if they tried to, to break Jacob's arm, good luck, because he's 6'4", 230 pounds, and he can, uh, he's a world-class wrestler. So if you're going to try to break his arm, it's going to be quite the battle. Casey, join her from ESPN.com. Go to the WWE page and check that out on ESPN.com with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So, Casey, along those lines, before we move on to other things, so you listed, a, you really put a nice barroom debate out there, and you probably didn't even know it. Think about all the names you put out there, from Randy Savage, from Downers Grove here uh, in the Chicagoland area, who's a minor league baseball player, to Dr. Dusty Williams, Ernie Ladd, to Dusty Rhodes. A lot of these guys were football guys, but then the, the actual amateur wrestlers, the Jack Briscoes, the Bob Backlunds, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, who is the, the best out of the wrestling, and who is the best out of the football, you think, that uh, actually became a professional wrestler? Oh, the the best out of the wrestling. Oh man, I you know, Angle won a gold medal and a lot in in the Olympics, and a lot of these other guys didn't get didn't do that. So that's a that's a huge plus. And Danny Hodge, people will tell you. Remember the Heisman Trophy award, the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy award in collegiate amateur wrestling is the Danny Hodge award because Danny Hodge went through his college career and he not only was undefeated and had the highest pin percentage in NCAA history, he also was never taken off of his, uh, he, never, he never got taken down from a standing position in his college career. Wow. Never even taken down from a standing position. Wow. It, it's, it's phenomenal, so I'd have to say Hodges up there. From the football players, that's, that's a real tough one because uh, it, it depends on how you want to look at it. I mean, Bronco Nagurski had a fantastic career back in the day, when, you know, was, was the champion, was the NBA champion back when that was the belt to have. Have. And do you want to? It depends on how much you want to put into uh, into into football because Dusty Rhodes had a football and a baseball background, and he became a world champion. But you wouldn't, 
you know, I don't know that you would say he was necessarily a football player. But somebody who was maybe a great ball player who became one of the great wrestlers, I'd probably put Ernie Ladd up there and say he's, uh, he was somebody who dominated at both levels and became arguably, if not, he wasn't the greatest heel in the 70s, but he was probably a top five heel in the 70s. And he was an all-pro multiple times at the NFL, so a guy could do both. Yeah, and on the college level, you know, Jim Ross will tell you until the uh, day is long about, you know, Dr. Dusty Williams and Ron Simmons, guys like that that were terrific on the college level just having to go to the pros. But it's it's an interesting debate because you put a, a lot of names out there that did a that really did a nice job of coming over from the sport that they uh, they were uh, you know initially and now in pro wrestling. So it's it's interesting. It is, and it's funny because the amateur wrestlers, you'd think that, uh, that that's, it was one of the interesting parts of the story was uh, Gerald telling me about uh, the transition that he made to become the, the scout. He was, he'd been doing, uh, he obviously had his career in, in wrestling, and then he became one of the Stooges and had a lot of fun with that. But then he had three strokes in 2009, and he thought, okay, I can't you know, travel on the road anymore. I can't do the road schedule, so I have to, I have to hang it up. And he said he talked to Vince McMahon and said, I've, I've got to retire. I can't do the, the full-time work schedule. And Vince, he said Vince told him that uh, you've been with me from the beginning, and I need you, so I want you to find something that you can keep, you know, continue doing for us. And then Gerald has been such a huge amateur wrestling uh, backer for years he, at, the, at the tournament. Everybody there knows him. I'm just talking about people who might have affiliations for wrestling. Every college coach knows him. He walks by, and all the coaches are come up to talk to him. All the you know, he's he's a guy who's known up there. And uh, so, since he had such a love for amateur wrestling, he told he said, "Ask Vince." He said, "Well, I'd like to do this full time and and go down here and see if we can uh, maximize the talents and things." And coaches will call him. Coaches contact him at the events, or uh, even the, 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 he travels to uh, other events across the country, other regional events and things, the coaches will come to him and say, you know, they know that he's not just looking for an, an athlete, he's looking for somebody who has personality, and they'll come to him and say, hey, this guy's got some personality, you might want to talk to him and things. They, they literally try and find uh, avenues for their wrestlers. So it's a really good fit for him and for the WB. Casey joining from ESPN.com with Jonathan Hood on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, also, uh, we haven't talked since the passing of Big Van Vader, uh, Leon White. Um, saw him first as... Um, Bullpower White uh, under uh, Vern's TV in the AWA when he was wrestling in Las Vegas at the Showboat, and um, and so he passed away. I want to get your thoughts on uh, how you look at Vader amongst some of the best big men to ever wrestle. I wrote a reaction uh, article for the WWE section, uh, and it talked about how what he did was he he changed what you could do with super heavyweights because it used to be back in the day. I mean, think about it. Andre the Giant back in the 70s. If you've had a legitimate wrestling match, it was Andre versus Harley Race or somebody like that, right. Andre's going to win. <laughs> you know, yeah. If you had a, you know, if it was a real fight, but they, they back in the day said we don't want to put big men in there like that against smaller men because nobody's going to believe it. And usually the big men couldn't sell well enough to to make a match look good, even if they could get somebody who was sort of close to their size, they couldn't sell well enough. Well, Vader could sell like nobody's business. He was that athletic, and he could uh, jump around the ring and sell and tremendously. You look at some of his matches against uh, when, when Flair beat him for the title at, uh, in 93, I believe it was, when Flair beat him for the title. He sold great, and there's those matches against Sting where Sting's a smaller guy, but he's bouncing around the ring for him. And he also changed the what you could do with super heavyweights in terms of 
It used to be that they would tell Superweight, you're a giant, act like a giant. That's what Vince Sr. told Andre back in the day. Look, Andre could do drop kicks. You go back and you can go on YouTube and find back in his early days, Andre's doing drop kicks, which just seems incredible that he could do that. But when uh, Vince McMahon found out he was doing it, Vince McMahon Sr. found out he was doing drop kicks, said, don't do that. You're a giant. A giant would never even think about doing a drop kick because he's so powerful he doesn't need it. Well, Vader could do those off the uh, off the top rope backflips. He could do those Vader salts, and he could ma- you know he was able to do them in an athletic enough way that you would buy that he would want to do that move, and that he could do it so consistently too. Because Italian wrestling never do a move unless you think he could do it all the time. He was able to keep doing it for years, so it wasn't just a one-time thing. Or as he gained more weight and got a little bit older, he couldn't do it. He could still do that move effectively. So he added athleticism to super heavyweights in a way that nobody had before. You're so right about Andre, by the way. With the Andre the Giant because people can go back to YouTube. I saw a lot of it on the the Houston wrestling tapes for Paul Bosch, and I, I, it just it seemed out of place, Casey, to see arm drag takedowns and actual wrestling holds by Andre, and then Andre taking slams from Harley Race on the floor. I saw that. I marked out myself. I'm like, holy crap! Look at that, Andre taking a slam on the floor by Harley Race. I still have that uh, archive someplace. Uh, but that's you're right. Um, you know, when you are, are flexible to be able to, to work with smaller guys, I, I said that I thought that Vader's best work on a regular basis was against Sting and WCW. I thought that they had tremendous matches. I think Sting had a lot of a lot of great matches against Flair, obviously, and a number of others, but I, I thought that his work with Vader in the early years in the 90s was pretty good. Yeah, if that Vader could have continued for a long time, it's hard for a guy that size, though. When you're way in close to well, I think he was legit. If it wasn't 400, he was darn close. When you're that heavy and you're taking the kinds of bumps and you're going off the top rope for the Vader salt and things, it's it's it can make for uh, it can wear and tear on your body. And he wrestled very physical matches. In fact, one of the things I noted in the article is kind of ironic that his Vader salt looks like this major dangerous move. If you're in the ring with him, he's very good at hitting the Vader salt, making sure he's not hurting you. It's less dangerous for you to take that move than it is to trade punches with him because he would potato people so hard it would actually hurt them. It, it, you, you know, it, that's why Shawn Michaels, uh, as I understand it, uh, decided that he didn't want to continue his, his uh, feud with, uh, with Vader when the, you know, Vader came to the WWE because it was such a physical match that uh, Michaels said, look, I'm going to get hurt right in wrestling you, and I don't need that, and I'm going to go to somebody else. So it's one of those things where Sting could take the punishment, and, and get, he actually well, was out for a time uh, because of an injury he suffered against Vader, a legit injury, but he, would, he could take that punishment, and then in trade for taking that punishment, Vader would just dive around the ring for him, make him look like a million bucks. So, yeah, great matchup between those two. Yeah, it's just amazing. Um, I want to ask you about another big man in Braun Strowman. I want to. We haven't talked about Strowman before, Casey. So, what what do you think of Braun Strowman's character in the WWE? Is it comedy or a serious monster? I think it's probably a combination of both. But they would like him to be. You can't you can't make somebody Andre today. It's just not going to work because Andre would jump from territory to territory. And if you saw, they figured if you saw a giant all the time. You, you would lose the luster and the, the specialness, and he would no longer be the, that special attraction. Because he, he, he was one of Andre was one of three guys that you could. Sam Munchnick, a famed promoter, used to say that there were three guys whose name you know, who could sell just by putting the name in a marquee, and Andre is one of them. 
And you can't do that today just because you know, the wrestlers are so exposed just because you see them on TV so much. But I think they'd like Strowman to be that, 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 that phenom powerhouse. He's got plenty of athletic abilities. He can bounce around like Vader. But he's a strong enough guy that he could, you know, he comes across like the powerhouse. And he can be a powerhouse against nearly anybody. And I think they would love to see, if I'm the WWE, you'd love to see a, uh, a Strowman versus Lesnar contest. I, I think that would be, that, that's the kind of thing that would make a WrestleMania main event if you could get those two powerhouses. But you've got to build them both up as powerhouses. Because if you just do 50-50 booking with a, with a Strowman, you're not going to get there. So if they're willing to say, we're going to keep pushing him to the moon, and then we're going to say, we're finally going to give Lesnar main event against again We're not going to put um, Roman Reigns in the main event. We're going to put two other people in the main event mm-hmm. finally after four years. If they'll do that, I think they can uh, make Strowman have a fantastic match. And I think you could actually have him beat Lesnar and say we can finally get the belt and have it be out there because not having Lesnar defend the belt, I don't think that's good for the WWE. No, there's no question about it. Um, yeah, You know, I don't think there's any doubt, even those that are not necessarily WWE fans, there's no doubt that Vince McMahon is a creative genius. We have seen this even to, over him taking the territories over in the 80s to where he is right now. There's no doubt he's creative. But there's always things that just make you scratch your head. Uh, I mean, he looks at John Cena as John Cena, baby face. Uh, he sees Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns, oh, he's a baby face. Bailey, that's a heel, pal. I mean, Bailey, Casey, was Cena. I mean, you saw her at, at NXT. You saw how the how the fans, especially the young fans, gravitate to Bailey, and and I guess in 2018, Parlor says you look at babyface and heels. She did an actual turn, and I just don't get it. I thought she was a complete money making babyface box office attraction, and now she's turned heel. I don't understand this. Could you explain this? I wish I could explain it. I, I if you she can sell plenty of merchandise too cuz yeah. you know, when you're looking at all that merch that that's that kind of stuff resonated with with the demographic I think they'd love to have them uh have more of a reach with which is uh younger girls which you're talking uh, teenage girls and things that you'd like if you're really the WB you want that demographic you want to expand your base and your base is mostly younger men if you want to expand to younger women that's the perfect way to do it that that's one vehicle to do it through so uh, I don't know why he would make that sort of move, but I I I've got to wonder. Sometimes they, they again they I think he wants they want people to like you look at Oscar. She comes in there has the the uh, the win streak and then the win streak loses and suddenly she's just doing fifty fifty booking maybe not exactly fifty fifty but she's she's definitely beatable now and you had something there and they I, they I think they wanted to be like okay we want you to be able to wrestle anybody on the card and if we put you up against somebody on the card and you're always winning you're going to get over too heavily which is that whole thing of the WB saying we don't want the wrestlers to get over we want the promotion to get over we want it to be like the circus coming to town where you're just going to come see the circus we don't want somebody to see a particular wrestler so. Uh, it, it's difficult to 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 build stars when you take that approach, but I'm hoping that that might change a bit with Ronda Rousey. That maybe they can uh, see her as the kind of champion who can maybe main event at WrestleMania and bring one of these uh, other ladies up with her. You think the money match is Charlotte and Ronda Rousey? Because uh, Dave Lagreca said as much. He thinks that that's a main event for WrestleMania in the next couple of years. Uh, if. I think they're missing the boat if they don't try to make it the main event. They're seeing if Ronda can do these matches. And Ronda, as I understand it, she's coming down here to NXT 
and she's doing, uh, she's training for all these matches before she has them, all these pay-per-view matches. That's why she's having such good pay-per-view matches. But so what? Steamboat and Savage did a, did a bunch of, uh, you know, worked their match before WrestleMania three and stole the show. So if it works, it works. So if you can have her continue to do that, and you could have her and Flair have the kind of match at a WrestleMania that it, it, they, you, they should be capable of having because Flair is that great of a talent too. If you could have that sort of match. Uh, unless you've got something like a Lesnar-Stroman, unless you're trying to move the belt from Lesnar to Stroman, once you do that, I think I think they need to, to move the belt off of Lesnar in a main event. Once they move the belt off of Lesnar, I think the next move is to say we need to get Rousey up there. Having said that, Rousey's having maybe the best rookie season Rookie year that I, I, God, since I can maybe since Luger, I mean, it, one of the greatest rookie seasons ever. And when you're ha- on that sort of role, don't put it off for a year. If I'm them, I would strongly consider putting her in the main event this year and say, look, we'll have a double main event. We'll have her and, and Charlotte, and we'll have uh, Lesnar, maybe Strowman in a the, the double main event because that would be that would draw huge at multiple levels. That's amazing. Yeah, I think that she had a terrific debut, and they you can see that they're putting a rocket ship with her and trying to push her in a, in a great direction so i i, I want to see what's next with her that's for sure um um could you name for me the shows that you enjoy the most in wrestling the weekly shows that you enjoy i went through this list last week could you tell me like one through three or four the shows you enjoy watching are you talking today or all time today no, I, won't, okay. I won't say all, all time we'll we'll be here for a while because <laughs> <laughs> i say all time you know it's like geez i do mid-atlantic do i do it i do the crockett times i think um you know i mean i still <sighs> raw has its moments and it's up and down it's the one that i still pay the most attention to because it still has the 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 the, the biggest name stars i'm really uh, i would still be the show i i mean new, uh, new japan is right up there though um I still like again. It's funny. It's uh, as much as they want it to be. We want you to watch a particular promotion. Want you to watch. We just want you to care about WB. Most fans, myself included, I don't care as much for the WB as a whole. I care about great stuff. So I want to see an AJ Styles. I want to see him wrestling great matches. So when I want to see AJ Styles, then I'll be watching. On you know, when I want to see uh, great matches from the guys on Raw, I'll, I'll watch Raw. I mean, I'm watching for particular wrestlers more than I am watching for particular shows. So if I want to see, you know, I want to see Cody have great matches. And, and, and Cody Rhodes leaving the WWE, it's been the, the best move for his career. And you see uh, what he's doing now. There's some great matches there with, with the things you're seeing in New Japan. I mean, it, if I want to see particular things, that's really what I'm looking for. Is I, I tend to follow more individual wrestlers and who I want to see than I do a particular show or promotion. I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say because we all have limited time. And we're getting back to the days now, Casey, where there's just it's wrestling everywhere. Whether it's MLW, I give I spent some time watching that. I think that they have a, a nice product because it's an hour. NXT is a, a terrific hour, and it, a New Japan with Jim Ross uh, on Access TV is a, is an hour. So in in bite sized form, I'm enjoying it. I just I don't have time for the three hour Raw, but I will spend enough time watching certain matches on SmackDown because I think it's the better brand. So it just because there's so much, I, we just don't have the same time like we used to. No, and a lot of times when it comes to Raw, I hate to say it, but sometimes, especially during football season, uh, you know, we cover Monday Night Football and things, watch Monday Night Football, but a lot of times during Raw, it's watch the beginning, come back at the next hour mark, come back at the next hour mark, come back mm-hmm. and see the end of the show. You catch the highlight. You know you can see, you can get 
essentially a half hour to an hour show and see most of it. You're going to miss some other elements in there, but they're probably going to cover the important elements in, in these other sections. So you're going to see what you want to see because they're trying to spike the, the hour marks. They're trying at you know, nine, 9, 10 o'clock. They're trying to make sure they put the best elements on there to spike the, uh, the ratings. So if you watch those, it's kind of how I'll approach it too. But, yeah, there is so much good wrestling nowadays, which is a good thing because if you go back not that long ago, it was the independents and the other promotions were not as strong, and, and even though they they had talents. They couldn't really put together the kind of promotion that they can today. And pro wrestling is probably as healthy as it's been in at least a decade, if not more, because they, because these other promotions are, are succeeding so well. And that's good for the WWE. I don't care what they say. It's good for WWE because now you can get some you know somebody who might not be working in your system for whatever reason can now go somewhere else, become a star, and then come back to you or, or come to you in the first place. Sort of like what AJ Styles did. You know, he he didn't start in the WWE, but obviously he's, he's one of their. We do power rankings every couple of weeks and on the site, and uh, he's at or near the top every power rankings that we do because he's that good. And he wasn't a homegrown talent, but he became what he became because of what he was able to do across the world. So WB shouldn't be unhappy that the other uh, promotions are starting to get stronger. Also, KC will be writing also on the wrestling side his uh, top 10 all-time uh, pro wrestling announcers and why Mark Lawrence was underrated. <laughs> All right, Casey. <laughs> as always, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it, man. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000.